Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kel on Earth Revisited, where you will travel with me, Kelly Karg, back through my life and musings as I celebrate the milestone of 100 chapters of the original blog. I have started from the beginning and continue to move through 15 years of observations as I find my voice and my place in the world and reflect on who that person was. So come with me a year after I began this project into part six and celebrate my achievement of longevity and literacy. Part six, chapter two, Japan's magic of fallibility, October, 2013. Some places exist for the larger general aesthetic, the grand scope of the colors that interact together on a beach at sunrise, or a range of mountains bursting with color in October. Kyoto is a place that exists for the details. Precision can be found wherever one looks, from the chrysanthemums carved into the awnings of roofs, which identify the connection to an emperor, to the perfectly smooth individual pebbles in a Zen garden. You walk down Maratamachi Dori and you suddenly realize that every tree has a purpose. Every stone in the wall around the Imperial Palace Park was chosen for its color and texture, representing greatness. One of my favorite details of this famed city is the bright splashes of orange on the tori, which are the gates from the everyday to the sacred. You find them in all of their height and glory outside of shrines and temples. Everything is delicate in its touch upon the city, yet strong enough to withstand the elements to a certain degree. Like the koi in their ponds or the silk banner hanging from a tree, Japanese culture is less about outward permanence than inward strength. The koi has its short life and beauty in its basic survival. The silkworm is so small and seemingly insignificant, yet produces such strength. Only a people with this kind of reverence for the beauty nature creates could appreciate. And with all that is delicate and fallible in this culture, there is an acceptance of age and decay. Yes, carrying on is part of the tradition, but it is less about the physical incarnations of tradition than the mental ability to recreate what has been practiced for hundreds if not thousands of years. The art of the beautiful kimono is about the creating, at least as much as the final product. The delicate pastries, delicate pastries and sushi that take so much skill in crafting is not about grasping onto that beauty forever, but about the enjoyment and the ability to create another net masterpiece tomorrow, like nature seems to do. I've never seen a culture so embody the changing seasons, the rise and fall of a tide, the spinning of the earth on its axis. Most of us claim to understand these concepts, if not scientifically, then spiritually, in our poetry and our practices of patience. From what I can tell, we ain't got nothing on this culture that still resonates in Kyoto. Everything has a beginning and end. Food, clothing, people, monuments, mountains. Everything has a purpose and a relevancy for a moment, and demanding more that, more than that, is futile. With modernization happening everywhere, even these Zen Japanese holding on to the traditional knowledge passed down suffer from a desire for permanence and not having to work so darn hard for such small details. But it did hearten me to know that there are those still dedicated to the tradition of a craft and the elemental powers that they, those skills represent. Oh, 
that we may stop and appreciate the details whenever possible. And I think this one of my writing is beautiful in its simplicity too. I I have lots and lots of memories from my time in Japan for that one very small moment of a week. Um, I have lots that I didn't say here, but um, I appreciate that this is what came out of that time and about publicly what I what I can share about it um, because. It's, it's not about any one person, it's about the culture that I saw that I don't understand much and that I didn't get to uh, experience or immerse myself in very much while there. So I'm, I'm pleased with the brevity, but also the the awe that this shows and the appreciation that this shows because I, I, I agree, I still have been to very few places where most places in the world have quote unquote culture and have uh, an artist, an artist or an artisanal class or group or um, despite the push of mm, the logistics or the everyday uh, the, it, the art exists in spite of the everyday. While in Japan, I, I really did feel, and it wasn't just Kyoto, I mean, specifically Kyoto, but I also went to Osaka, was in um, around a little bit, but it was just so specifically in that city that I, t- I took it as a little bit of a symbol or uh, my my awareness of what traditional Japanese culture likes to hold on to. And I know in the 21st century, that word traditional and authentic, especially oof, that word authentic, very loaded, but traditional is very loaded. And what does it mean in a time where so there is so much change and there is so much, um, chaos and I think this is where Japan's art that is historically available or that that people want to hold on to it, it's not just about the art pushing against the other day-to-day logistics of living the economy the work the uh, everything that's involved because the art is is the art of tradition and it is the art of um, ethical expectation to the country um, you show that you are Japanese by not only knowing and embodying this art um, I, I think I need to rephrase that because this is why we have this tension between modernity and and tradition and why the the struggle that Japan is having in this moment historically is 
such a dance and it still can be seen as part of the art because this is the lesson in their art that as I say like you the there's permanence or there's a determination for permanence though it is all of these things that the art and the people who create the art completely understand that things will change so I don't know if I'm clarifying this very well, but I do believe it is part of what the message is that we as humans try so hard to hold on to what we know, but also to respect those who have come before us. But then the way that new people engage with the past, we don't always approve of. But the art itself here is showing us that we need to get over it because things change. Um, so I, I do find it fascinating and lovely that this is what this art tries to teach, but it is so... It is so hard to actually follow, just like a lot of ethical structures and dogmas, like religion providing structure for society, any society, or the, the rules that we all must follow and the rules that Japanese must follow are there to be broken in some ways and to but to to <sighs> to to ignore that things will never stay the same is is a fool's errand um and i i i out of all place out of all lessons that i gather from from different parts of the world and and from how people engage in their national pride i i really love sitting in the beauty of what the art very gently tries to impart upon the world even even the artists who most of the time can't even can't follow their own direction or can't but, but that's the point right this is the point of how to live well and live properly and we all know that nobody no human is a perfect being so of course we're going to react badly and of course we're going to resist and of course we're going to wish that everything remains if not the same then sacred or protected or respected um, uh, properly <laughs> and I, I as an outsider wanting to respect that tradition I, I don't want it to sound as if I'm I'm being flip or um, but the way, as an outsider, gathering what I can from that message, that very elementary message that I've that I gained as a tourist um, of that very old city, 
there there is a sense of peace in it for me and a sense of and as I've noticed in several of these posts so many of them focus on the fact that there is so much bigger than the individual and there's so much bigger than humanity uh, and I think this is one of those moments that I I, I really appreciated that and it, it, it it's very clear in 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 the art that I saw and in the symbolism and the representation and the those structures that are made of wood that are clearly meant to disintegrate um, because that's that's a life cycle of a thing you know I I really I valued that I valued that while I was there and perhaps I'll leave it for another time to talk about um, the late nights wandering the sake. <laughs> I think there was a little bit of food poisoning in there at one point. Um, you know, they putting milk and things or not putting milk in anyway. Um, and just a, ooh, there was a, we, we were ninjas for a while. It was a thing. We went to the manga museum when I had absolutely, I had probably about uh, next to no knowledge about what manga could be. That's, that was a fascinating journey. Um, anyway, so it was it was lovely and a, a lesson. It, it honestly brings me peace. Um, again, as an outsider, it brings me a lot of when I when I view the art or think of the messaging or of the very simple phrases or the very simple images that are very detailed and took artisans uh, countless hours to create. Um, just thinking about it, I, I my body eases. Um, and I think there's something to that. Uh, and I hope that in saying so, I'm not appropriating. I, I do appreciate what I learned from that time and what... Um, what this culture in particular was able to teach me as I was listening in the poor way that I was listening. So apologies for that. This one was a little bit rambly, but it's it's hard to get your head straight around something like this, even with preparation. I could have had a script, but I don't think that would have clarified my emotions any better, quite honestly. So yeah. Kyoto, that beautiful, beautiful city. Thank you so much for joining me here at Kel on Earth Revisited. I hope to see you next time where I will go from Southeast Asia to Southeast Africa for a holiday of diving and chaos ensues. (laughs) Hope to see you there.